Everything in our life is controlled by three decisions. And those three decisions I'd like you to look at today because I really want to deliver for you. I didn't come here to do a speech. I really want to serve you and you all are giving the greatest gift you have, your time. And so I really want to serve you. And I think one of the most powerful things we could do to serve you is to have you become clear of what the controlling force is that's controlling the quality of your life. And you and I both know it's not the amount of money in your pocket. It's not who you know. It's not even what you've been through. That's Tony Robbins. And this is The Depression Detox Show. And welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to change your relationship with depression. I'm your host, Malik Josephs. As always, I hope you all had an amazing weekend, and I thank you so much for tuning in today. I am super, super hyped about this week's episodes because we have some great talks by some amazing speakers and teachers this week. And today, we have none other than New York Times bestselling author, Coach, motivational speaker, and philanthropist, Tony Robbins on the show to start off this week with a little motivation and to also talk about this week's topic, which is all about the power of choice. Here's Tony Robbins. Enjoy. And my life was completely changed because when I was 11 years old, we had no money and no food and we gotten used to that, but it was Thanksgiving, which makes it more emotional. And my parents were saying and doing things that after you say them, you can never take them back. And it was very profoundly painful, obviously, for myself as the oldest and trying to keep my brothers and sisters from hearing it. But it profoundly changed me because that day something changed my life. And it was somebody simply coming and delivering food. And it wasn't the person wasn't giving it. It was a delivery guy. And it wasn't a happy moment for my father. It was interesting. Um, I'm, you know, my mom and dad are yelling at each other. My mom's saying things to my father. You haven't taken care of us pretty painful moment and the door happens and I go open the door and there's this tall guy standing there with these big bags of food and on the ground beside him he had this pan with an uncooked turkey and he said is your father here and I said just one moment and I sprinted to get my dad thinking this was going to be the most euphoric moment you could possibly imagine like God had come by and surprised us somebody cared about us whatever you wanted to frame it and my father came to the front door begrudgingly when he saw the man he got very angry And he said, you know, we don't take charity. And he went to slam the door. And the man was a very tall guy. And he put his arm or shoulder against it. It kind of bounced off of him. And he said, sir, this is not charity. Everybody has tough times. And somebody knows you're in need. And they want you to have a beautiful Thanksgiving. Please accept this gift. And my father got even more intense and started saying, I don't accept charity. And this time the man put his foot there and it bounced off of it. And then he said to my father, and I thought my father would hit him. He looked at my father and said... He looked at me in the background and said, don't let your family suffer because of your ego. It was intense words to say. My father didn't know what to do. He grabbed the food, he slammed it down and slammed the door. And I tell you the story because everything in our life is controlled by three decisions. And those three decisions I'd like you to look at today because I really want to deliver for you. I didn't come here to do a speech. I love Mark dearly. I really want to serve you and you all giving the greatest gift you have, your time. You can get your money back, but you can't get your time back. And so I really want to serve you. And I think one of the most powerful things we could do to serve you is to have you become clear of what the controlling force is that's controlling the quality of your life. And you and I both know it's not the amount of money in your pocket. It's not who you know. It's not even what you've been through. 
It's really the decisions you make moment to moment about a couple of different things. And the three decisions I made in that moment that I'd like to pull your attention to just real quick are, in this moment, you're making these three decisions, by the way. The first one is, what are you going to focus on? And that day, my father focused clearly on the fact that he had not taken care of his family. And whatever you focus on, you're going to feel. In fact, many of us in this room, who's ever focused on something? You were thinking something horrible was going to happen. You experienced the pain of that failure, that challenge in your life, and then it never, ever happened. Who's had this experience? Say, I. And if things aren't bad in your life, you can always think of shit that hasn't even happened yet. You feel bad in advance. <laughs> but many people do. Because whatever you focus on, you'll feel. Write it down. Focus equals feeling. Because if you start to take control of your focus, you take control of your life. But that day, he focused on the fact that clearly... He had failed his family, and that was the meaning. The second decision you make is, what does it mean? As soon as you look at something, think about something, focus on it, you got to decide, what does this mean? Is this the beginning or the end? Is this punishment and reward? Is God trying to hurt me or trying to challenge me? Or is this nothing to do with God? I was just being a lazy bastard. Right? The meanings we give to things control our life. If you think it's the end of a relationship, are you going to behave the same way as you think it's the beginning of a relationship? In the beginning of a relationship, when you're totally in love with someone, what will you do for them? Tell me, what will you do? Oh, come on, guys. What will you do when you're totally in love? Shout out. What will you do? What? What? But if your commitment was the same, when you're in that place, you do anything in the beginning of a relationship. In the beginning of a relationship, if your partner said, would you take out the trash? What do you say? Take out the trash. <laughs> Happily. But after about seven days or seven weeks or seven months or seven years, or 70 years, one day, someone said, would you take out the trash? You go, what do I look like, you janitor? You go, what happened to our passion? I'll give you a clue. If you want a relationship to last, if you think it's coming to the end, do what you did in the beginning and there won't be an end. Because when you think it's the beginning, you behave differently than the end. The meaning we associate to things controls our entire life. It's not that your mother or father died that's giving you suffering. Certainly that's painful. It's the meaning you think it shouldn't have happened. And when we take control of the meaning, it's the only thing we can control our lives. We can't control events. And we're living now where technology is happening so rapidly. It's magnificent what it does for our lives. But we all know with that technology, our psychology is not developing as rapidly. And as a result, the world's changing. And a lot of us that have learned to engage with technology and use it to maximize, most people in this room, but there's lots of people who use technology to disengage, to be harmful to themselves and to other people. It's not a one-way street. So I'm interested in how to maximize the psychology side. That's why I'm sharing this with you. So you can increase both your leadership skill, but who do you have to lead first to be effective, my friends? Who? Yourself. And so good to see what's controlling you. Well, what I'm focusing on is controlling me. You can focus on something and make yourself crazy. You can focus on something and make yourself great. So if you let someone else take control of your focus, your life will be in someone else's hands. So first decision is what you're going to focus. Second meaning. My father that day focused on he hadn't taken care of his family. And the meaning was, I know what it was because he said it out loud, that I'm worthless. Now, when you come up with a meaning, it produces an emotion. And if you and I want to look at the quality of our life, there's only way to find it. One way, really, that's real. How do you feel every day? If every day of your life you got a billion dollars and every day you feel guilty or angry, by the way, nothing worse than an angry rich man or woman, isn't there? You just want to slap them, don't you? <laughs> How do you have the right to be angry? But they find a way. But if you got a billion dollars and you're angry and you're pissed off and you're guilty all the time, what is the quality of your life? Angry, pissed off, and guilty. If you have nothing, I live in Fiji a portion of the time. I have a home there and 
a resort there and kind of two families of villages there that I interact with the last 25 years. And when you go to Fiji and you walk down the street or you drive by, people jump up and they yell, Bula, 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 which means welcome, be happy, we love you. And you drive by five minutes later and they jump up, Bula, Bula, Bula. And you're going like, what drugs are they taking? No one's paying them. But they're just, they're so happy. They're in such a different state. They've learned to focus on something else and come up with a different meaning for life. But if the meaning is it's the end, if the meaning is that you're dissing me, if the meaning is you don't care, whatever meaning we come up with, that affects the third decision, which is what am I gonna do? And what people do is based on the meaning, because the meaning creates emotion, right? You can be miserable no matter what you have, and you can be euphoric having nothing. We all know it's true. In fact, is it possible to learn to let, for example, all hell could be breaking loose around you, and you could just be sitting in a chair in this centered space, all hell breaking loose, and you could still feel great? Is that possible, yes or no? Yes or no? Sure, but you and I live in a Western culture. Well, if you sit and bliss out, people come and take your furniture. <laughs> so we have to be good at not only controlling the internal world, but our external world. And that's shaped by what we do. And what people do is based on their emotions and also their role models. So I thank you, Mark. And I thank all of you that are role models for people where you show people that success does not mean taking, that success can mean truly growing and giving. That money, resources, and opportunity are things to be shared. They're things that are tools for a quality of life that you're able to enhance for people and for yourself and your family. Pretty beautiful thing. My father that day decided what to do was, if I failed and I've been worthless to my family, I must leave. And he did. And to me, it was the worst day of my life. I'll never forget it. I loved him more than anything. I had four fathers. He's the one I finally got attached to. I was like, mom, I'm confused. But then finally, Years later, I got the benefit of it because out of all those experiences and all that pain, that day I made three different decisions. First decision is I just decided to focus on something different than him, and that's the power we have. We get to decide what to focus on, and my decision number one is I want to focus on the fact there's food. What a concept. Pretty cool. But the most powerful thing to change my life was meaning. I said, what does this mean? Because my father had always said, my mother had always said, nobody cares. Don't care about anybody, they don't care about you. And that day I had physical evidence. Those you're bringing food, I want you to know that's not just food. That's called love for someone. That's called hope for someone. That's called surprise for someone. And that day for me, I went, strangers care. And so I started caring about strangers. And I decided someday I'm gonna do the same. So when I was 17, I fed two families. It was like one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I went to the grocery store, I was all excited, saved up all my money. Went to the manager and said, I want to feed two families. This is what I'm doing. It's not for me. Give me a discount. And he gave me 10%. I thought, cheap bastard. <laughs> but I went out and I delivered this food. And ironically, um, I called this church and I asked in the barrio, a particular place, where are some families in need? They gave me two names. I put on t-shirt and jeans. I wasn't going to be acknowledged. I also didn't want somebody to be insulted because I saw what happened to my father. And I wrote a note. said, this is a note from a friend. And I said, I just want you to know, we know you're having difficult times. Everyone does at times. And I want you to have a beautiful Thanksgiving. And please feel loved. Take care of your family. And someday, if you can, do well enough to do this for one other family and pass it on. But love a friend. And I had it written in Spanish as well. And I'll never forget, first place I pull up, in this rotten old van, stick shift van, that I borrowed from a buddy of mine, with all these bags of food. And I went into this place and got out, pulled up this little tiny building, really tiny, knocked on the door. And when I knocked on the door, this little woman opened the door. It's probably half my size. 
She's not hard, I'm six, seven, so she's like five, two. And she looked up at me like this and she saw the groceries and she screamed. And she started to grab my head and pull it down and kiss me. I was like, no, 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 delivery boy, delivery boy. And she goes, no, God gift, God gift, God gift. And she didn't speak English, so I handed her the note. She read the note, she's crying again, started trying to kiss me again. I said, no, no. She goes, God gift, God gift. So I pointed, where do I put this? In this tiny little room. There's a table there. I put the food down. And I went over to get some more groceries. And when I did, four children come running out. And one hits my leg and wouldn't let go. And when they saw the pumpkin pie, it was over. <laughs> and it was one of the most emotional experiences of my life because, first of all, this little boy just wouldn't let go. And... I delivered this food and this woman was crying and smiling. And I stayed there just to take it in for a few minutes, seeing them all. It was like going back in time. And then as I went to go leave, I couldn't speak Spanish. And she was like trying to say something in Spanish. And I didn't know what to say. And it was Thanksgiving. So I said, Feliz Navidad. <laughs> like, I heard the song, okay? <laughs> and she laughed and laughed. She's crying and laughing. One of the more beautiful experiences of life, isn't it? When you can have both those experiences in your body simultaneously. And I remember I got in the van and all the three, four kids were sitting on the, on the bench here and she's standing there waving and I pulled and go in reverse and I looked in the mirror and as I looked in the mirror, I saw these kids there and I saw mom crying and smiling still and then I lost it. I started crying uncontrollably and I'm like put, trying to put the thing in gear through tears come through my eyes and I thought to myself, what? I mean, this is a beautiful thing. Why am I crying? And then I realized what a gift that day was. I realized that my worst day of my life was my best day. And my goal for you, if you don't already have it, my guess is you've already done it, knowing where you are in your world today, but maybe your second worst day, it's time to make a best day. Because out of every tragedy, out of every pain, it only gets healed when we find a deeper meaning, when we find there's a higher purpose in it. And I realized I wouldn't have been there that day. I wouldn't have that hunger to help somebody else if I hadn't had the hunger in my own soul at one point missing. Big thanks to Tony Robbins for stopping by. And just to recap the three decisions Tony mentioned in the clip, the first question was, what are you going to focus on? So when life hits you with something, where are you going to place your attention? What's your perception of what happened? Do you place your focus on and thinking about the negative or are you placing more of your attention on the positive? And I remember when I was going through a rough patch a few years ago, and my mentor at the time would always change my outlook by asking me, what is the good in this situation, Malik? So maybe you can ask yourself that. What's the good in this? And focus your attention there. Which goes into Tony's second question, which is, what is the meaning you give to it? So in the example that Tony had in the clip, his father saw the guy bringing his family food as charity and he felt like he was a failure as a father. But Tony looked at it completely differently and thought it was a blessing and he was grateful for it. So same situation, but totally different meaning. And it goes to our last point or Tony's last decision, third decision, which was what are you going to do about it? And when I think about this, I just think about the old saying, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah, it's uh, a little bit more easier said than done, obviously. But how can you make the best of all the things that life is going to throw at you? How can you turn that so-called negative situation and spin it positively to move forward? And uh, yeah, that's it. So you can connect with Tony Robbins by visiting his website, 
TonyRobbins.com. You can follow him on Instagram at Tony Robbins and check out his latest book entitled Unshakable. And if you enjoyed this clip, there will be a link to the entire talk in the show description. And when you get a chance, please follow the show on Spotify podcast, share it or subscribe on your favorite podcast player app. And I will see you back here Wednesday where we have motivational speaker Lizzie Velasquez making her debut on the show to continue with this week's topic and share her super inspiring story. So until then, stay strong. Later.